Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. What always I find interesting is people say, well, clients, you know, are the lifeline, lifeblood of your business. Well, that's only partially true, actually. Your client lifetime value is the lifeblood of your business. Okay, so what does that entail? Well, that means that you're serving that client and that is the, your value proposition as a business owner is you can serve that client for 10, 15, 20, 25 years more than a big brand or cold corporation, you know, with very few intimate touch points is going to be able to achieve. So that is your value proposition as a business owner. You can create more lifetime client value quickly than a big brand can. Welcome back. I hope you've had a fantastic week so far. If you haven't yet listened to my recent conversations with leadership expert Roxanne Kaufman-Elliott and with Jamie Watson, the chair and director of the Common Mission Project Australia, then do check them out, but only after you've listened to today's conversation. I'm really excited to have on the InnovaBuzz podcast as my guest today, Jonathan Callanan. He's from the Online Business Accelerator, an Auckland-based marketing company dedicated to helping entrepreneurs and business owners rapidly grow their business through the power of online marketing. He's also founder of Course Commander, an all-inclusive website, landing page, and course builder to save coaches, consultants, authors, and infopreneurs time and remove the typical headaches, tech aches from creating and delivering courses, programs, and memberships. Jonathan is a serial entrepreneur, a marketer, and a big subscription advocate. Having generated over seven figures for both himself and his clients from membership models across various niches, including the natural health and digital marketing spaces. In our conversation today, Jonathan talked to me about intent-based marketing that is heart-centered and focused on customer lifetime value. We talked about the subscription economy and how to provide value with a subscription model. And we talked about the power of community. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Jonathan Callanan.
Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today, all the way from Auckland in New Zealand, Jonathan Cullinan, who is the founder of Course Commander, which is a flexible all-in-one website and landing page and course marketing system that helps you deliver world-class courses, programs, and membership options to your audience. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Jonathan. It's a real privilege to have you as my guest. Thanks, Jürgen. It's absolutely awesome to be on, brother, and it's a real privilege and honor. Thank you. Now, George Bryant, who was our guest on episodes 226 and episode 300, a milestone episode of the InnovaBuzz podcast, he kind of introduced us because I discovered you on his Mind of George podcast, so we'll give a shout out to that. And uh, you said some things there that triggered a few ideas in my mind, so I reached out to you and we connected. So big hello and thank you to George for that. Yes, thanks, George. Appreciate it, buddy. He's a good connector of people, is George, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Now, one of the things that you said on that podcast and when I looked at your profile there was that you prefer to take an authentic and no-fluff approach when it comes to talking about business and about marketing. And I thought, oh, that sounds like my kind of person. And we connected on that. So I'm really looking forward to dig into that some more today but before we start talking about all things marketing and just learn more about course commander what what is it that drives you jonathan and, and how does that shape what you do today yeah it's an interesting question thanks jürgen and i have to say the answer to that question has changed somewhat over the last 10 years since i've had children two girls now so a lot of what drives me is impacting others and creating a better way of life, way of living and living conditions for my daughters. Whereas if you'd asked me that 10 years ago, then it would probably be more about sort of self-centered, but still focused on impacting people, but also you know, having the ideal lifestyle and not being chained to any people, timeframes or jobs. You know, that, that was always a big appeal because I've come from the academic world as a teacher when I was in England uh, somewhat 20 years ago now. But uh, I've kind of been on that sort of in the system side of things, if you like. And then when you're not in the system and you, you know, you're a free-spirited entrepreneur, uh, as I like to uh, label it, you know, you, you really kind of you play by your own rules, you your own boss. And with that, you know, you make the decision you're responsible for the reality that you're shaping and you know what you want to leave behind so it's it's a great question and it's always changing that's what i can say about mm. my answer but for now it's um impacting as many small coaching service-based businesses as possible helping them helping them make their life more convenient in the digital space helping them save money a bit of time and um, but also you know, leveraging their time so that they can live life on their terms as well because uh, as you and I both know there's a lot of small businesses out there that are effectively just stressed out employees in their own business and I know that's not why they got into business. Mm -hmm. Yeah that's certainly uh, certainly a big problem that um, most people don't realize when they go into business that there's a real risk that you just become your own boss and it turns out that you're actually the worst boss there is and you, you think you've had some really bad bosses but right. <laughs> until you you are your own boss and and you have a job 
<laughs> yeah, it's a bit like, oh, that mountain looks nice to climb. And then you get to the top of the mountain, you think, what the heck have I just done? <laughs> what am I doing up here? <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. So how old are the girls now? Eight and 11. Very cheeky. Uh, very, <laughs> the 11-year-old's too mature for her boots. But yeah, yeah. They're, they're good. They're good company. Uh, they certainly keep you on your toes. And like I say, I think from a more of a spiritual level, you they make you want to, you know, keep improving as a person and keep growing and learning because I think, you know, if you look at their sort of reality and, you know, this this sort of time, it's living in a time of information. Yeah, everything's accessible. And so, you know, their knowledge is, you know, just it's just growing at a rapid rate. You know, you and I come from generations um, where, you know, we didn't have all this knowledge at our fingertips. So it wasn't so much pressure probably as parents to, stay on top of everything you know as you yeah. <laughs> education grows so quickly yeah that's right i i often think back to my time as a kid and think oh gee you know it was a highlight for me to be able to go into the library and then see all those books there and go and fossick around for various information and these days it's in everyone's pocket <laughs> yeah I, I heard somebody say because you mentioned that getting cheeky i heard uh uh, uh quote and i don't know who to attribute this to but I, I thought that was quite funny it was the time when my kids were teenagers and it was you know the first half of your life uh, you spend with your parents telling you you're wrong and then the second half of your life is spent with your kids telling you you're wrong <laughs> yeah that right isn't it <laughs> yeah Parenting's a, a whole new, uh, <laughs> whole new jungle. But you've got to be, yeah. If you're a bit emotionally intelligent, you can spend that first half doing it in a way that is going to benefit you in the second half. <laughs> totally with you. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And and one of the things you mentioned, of course, is is the freedom in your own business, uh, and that freedom, of course, is really important if you value family and value time with your kids. So that that's. Um, that's a good way to, I guess, get into this whole idea of no fluff business and no fluff marketing. So tell me a little bit more about what, what do you understand by that? What does that mean? And how does that play into this idea that we have as entrepreneurs, we have that freedom rather than a job that we've created for ourselves? Yeah, exactly. It's, that's you know, it's why we either leave a job or we're born into the entrepreneurial world is because like i said we want to live life on our own terms but along that journey you know we've got a massive responsibility to learn educate ourselves and to implement the knowledge that we gain and i think with the no fluff marketing concept it's really interesting i mean i just coined it out of frustration and annoyance to be honest with you you know there's so much noise so much fluff online and you know obviously think of social media channels there's you know so many marketers spinning a yarn and you know promising everything under the sun delivering very little and i've been victim of you know some of these uh, marketers in the past as well because you are you know when you start out that first three years you're vulnerable you know you're you're trusting people they look genuine they sound genuine so why wouldn't they deliver a genuine product but often you know <laughs> what is printed on the tin isn't delivered so uh, I, I think i kind of wanted to go back to this sort of real heart-centered approach because i think when you think about no fluff marketing 
you, I, I kind of think about intent-based marketing. You know, are you coming from a viewpoint of just wanting to sell to people and improve your bottom line? Or are you coming from a viewpoint of genuinely giving a SHIT, if you don't mind me swearing on the odd occasion mm. today, Jürgen, um, giving it, you know, about people and actually doing what you said you were going to do, but actually in the business to genuinely help them get to that next step, whatever that is for that business owner. So I think the no fluff marketing kind of encapsulates that whole, you know, heart centered approach. And going back to, if we look at kind of the audience and the marketplace right now, we're seeing a lot of magnetism, you know, towards, I'd say micro influencers, uh, people that are connecting with their audience in an intimate, selfless, you know, vulnerable way. And we're seeing, on the other hand, more kind of, you know, repelling away, people coming away from, you know, the, the glitz, the glamour, the shiny objects and the guru type mm. influencers that, you know, they're there just to sell you their products and courses and everything else because they're a big brand and, you know, that's, that's what should happen. So no fluff marketing is really, it's a community that's set up on Facebook. Uh, it's got 1500 entrepreneurs, business owners in there. I actually just did a live just before our podcast interview uh, today. And it's really a, a, a community for people to network and just speak in open terms, you know, be transparent about their business, what's going on, but also obviously to provide value and support others. So that's, you know, how business should be. It's a small business world, but I like to see it as a small business family. We should be looking after one another first and foremost. And you know, small businesses are the, the backbone of most economies across the world. So, you know, we've got to be looking out for one another and genuinely there to help each other. Mm. Yeah, well, there's, there's a lot to love in that. I mean, it's certainly very close to my philosophy around marketing. The other thing that you said at the end there, I think is really important, and that's having that abundance mindset of let's help one another. Um, you right. know, yes, we might be in the same game. We might be um, trying to work with the same clients, but it, if we actually help one another, it's, it works right. to everyone's benefit as opposed to, oh, you're my competition, so I'm not going to, I'm going to play my cards close to my chest. And of yeah. course, you will react the same way, respond to that. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I, I always find frustrating is this, you know, you, you talked about, um, marketing just to sell. And the idea that your marketing, your job in marketing is done when you've made the sale and you say, okay, I've made the sale tickets all finished and, and, um, nothing else I need to do now. And right. that, that I think it comes back from the big corporate world where you know, normally it would mean, okay, the marketing department then transfers responsibility to somebody else for that customer. So it might be a customer service department that then looks after that customer. But in small business, it's that's not over. I mean, the relationship is now different because there's been a sale made and the responsibilities on the person providing the product or service is now different because there's been a sale made. So to me, that um, I, I think the marketing is really an ongoing journey that 
um, you know, at that point, there's just a different stage of the journey. Now you've got to deliver the outcome. Yes. And I, I like to say, you know, it's got to be an exceptional outcome. Yes. And if it's an exceptional outcome and you blow your client away with a, a, that exceptional outcome, guess what? They're going to be talking about you. So that's marketing. Right. <laughs> Somebody else doing your marketing for you. Exactly. And, uh, they're going to be referring people to you for that product or service. Right. And it's, I just, I still can't, I still can't understand how few people understand that. What I think is such a simple concept. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? That people still haven't got their heads around that. Uh, I know yeah. there are a lot they have, and there's a massive surging trend towards, you know, heart-centered uh, entrepreneurs. But what always I find interesting is people say, well, clients, you know, are the lifeline, lifeblood of your business. Well, that's only partially true, actually. Your client mm. lifetime value is the lifeblood of your business. Okay, mm. so what does that entail? Well, that means that you're serving that client and that is the your value proposition as a business owner is you can serve that client for 10, 15, 20, 25 years. More than a big brand or cold corporation, you know, with very few intimate touch points is going to be able to achieve. So that is your value proposition as a business owner. You can create more Clive, Clive, <laughs> creating words this morning, uh, more yeah. lifetime client value um, quickly than a big brand can. So what we're seeing is this shift from traditional sales funnels, which like you mentioned, Jürgen, that's, it's more kind of like transactional based. It's, it's uh, more, well, we just see them as this part and then we pass them on to someone else to you know, look after that customer, another department. We're seeing a real transition from funnels to flywheels. And the difference there is instead of thinking of a, a prospect coming through a funnel and dropping down at the bottom and then they drop out and that's a transaction, that's one customer and we have to do that many times. Now we're looking at flywheels where actually forget the customer being at the bottom of the funnel and the last point of interest. Now we're thinking of putting the customer actually in the center of the wheel. So you put the customer at the center of what makes them the power broker in your business and then around the outside of that uh, wheel there or the center where your client is, then you have your layers of support and your services and your community. And that's, that's what we're seeing in the business landscape right now is that massive shift. And the one thing I will say standing here right now is that if small businesses are not grasping this, they need to really look at their sales process and start moving towards this whole, you know, create the customer, make the customer the center of your business and build around that build the community side of things around it because like I said, going back to sites, client lifetime value, that's that's the lifeblood of your business right now. You and I both know it takes mm. seven times as much marketing spend to generate a new customer than it does to keep an existing one. So, you know, well, that's a lovely statistic and we've spouted that stat for 10 years, but <laughs> yeah. now is it so important because it's going to be harder and harder and harder to generate these clients because yes, there's so much competition, but also, like I said, there's lots. This has got this rise of micro influencers, and it's going to make it harder. So you've got to really look after the ones that come through now. Hmm. Yes, a really important message there, and I love the the, the idea of the flywheel. I've used the term flywheel occasionally because, uh, particularly around our podcast, we've and 
and we've used our marketing circle I, I call it a blueprint but it's actually a circle it actually yeah. is drawn like a flywheel yeah, <laughs> yeah. and i it, it occurred to me that um because i was mentioning to you before we started recording that i probably get about 10 or 12 requests each week now to be on the podcast whereas in the early days of course i was very active in um inviting people on now i still invite people on but the majority of people come on um through requests that that they place with me and and we've you know because of the marketing of the podcast we're doing and because of the word of mouth of listeners and guests and i i said it it's like a flywheel because it it's almost you can't stop it it's just while we're doing the podcast we just get these requests coming each week and if you can get your marketing working like that as well but you need to take care of those businesses or those customers that are the center of that flywheel and actually drive the flywheel, drive the motion. Yeah, that, that's interesting that you're using that approach and you you reach out for podcasts as well and seeing that kind of, yeah, that um, model in effect. It's That's interesting mm. in itself because it's not just going to apply to sales, is it? It's going to apply to different that's areas right. of mm. business. Uh, but it, yeah, it's, it's so interesting. Uh, if you look at the shifts that have taken place, I'd say five years is probably about right. If you look at the last five years, you know, we think of leads, the conversations are the new leads. If you think about tribe building communities, they're the new personal brands. And if you think about your customers now, they're not just transactions, they're relational. So it's, they are the new power broker. You know, think of them as the, the, um, you know, the Luke Skywalker, we're the Yodas, we're the facilitators, you know, for the, mm. for the and, and we, you know, it's our job to make them the star in the business. And that, that's what we're there to do is make them a success story, you know, and that's, that's how we're going to naturally attract more. And like you said, create those more brand ambassadors, brand advocates, um, you know, they become those refer referral evangelists for our business. That's what we need. If we don't have that, mm then uh, for small businesses, it's going to be a real struggle from here on um, because mm, one thing right. yeah. about COVID, it's changing people's habits. It's making people uh, a lot choosier in terms of who to work with, who they want to connect with. You know, it's making people reflect. It's, people are going through a lot of spiritual transformations right now, but it, on that level, it's making people question things that they might not have questioned before and especially like in business it's like well okay they might have you know they might be an amazon number one bestseller but how do they actually work with customers what do their customers actually say about them is it just uh is it a transactional is it or a relational type approach that this company has you know so they want to know how intimate they are with their customers they want to know if they genuinely give a you know an shit so there is there is a big shift isn't there i mean there them. is yeah yeah and and i think the other the other thing that's playing into that too is the idea that because of covid and because of the lockdowns and travel restrictions that have been imposed over the last 12 months or more um, to try to control the pandemic people have moved online where they perhaps before haven't embraced so much the online space in terms of communicating with people all around the world like we are now and right. as a result they've learned hey we can actually use this as a as a business tool so it means that if i need a service then i i'm not restricted to my local community i can 
go out and look around what's what's the best for me and and the relationship thing is a really important part of that and the people i'm seeing that are really embracing this and and all of a sudden their business despite covid and despite the economic impacts that covid's brought they're thriving because they've gotten out into this new environment and started to build those relationships yeah yeah it's a, and you see it in multiple niches as well right it's not just uh mm. you know in the ones you'd expect just to, don't, don't have to be related you know b2b can be b2c yeah. I, I prefer to call it h to h human to human yeah, human to human yeah you know, let's just focus yeah, on that's... human beings <laughs> that's not like yeah, that's that's anything that's my favorite that's my yeah. favorite response if somebody says are you a b2c or b2b business i say oh, we're human to human <laughs> yeah well i guess obviously with this shift in these communities and you know building tribes if you want to call them tribe personally i don't actually like the word tribe but uh, building a you know an authentic community full of like-minded type business owners humans that are there to you know genuinely help support one another i think if we look at the membership model and the subscription model right now it's very interesting because often it will be a hook or some content or a video or some value that way that will pull people into a membership but what will actually keep them there especially paying members is the actual value of the network itself and the people inside that network that has a much greater pain of disconnection than any content that you can come up with the best piece of content that you can come up with and share and through video podcast um you know webinar whatever it is it cannot match the value of the people inside your community so that's a real big consideration because we're talking about you know this shift to community based type businesses and obviously with that what drops out is the rise of subscriptions and memberships and the subscription economy right now is absolutely going off and we have to be embracing it because if you look at our prospects our customers they're embracing it every single day day in week out you know they're paying for subscriptions whether it's electricity at home whether it's online shopping whether it's netflix stamp amazon apple microsoft software it doesn't matter they're conditioned to pay monthly subscriptions even rent is a subscription if you want to kind of mm -hmm. put it in a, you know a broad sense so we have to be mindful of you know our consumers behaviors and their purchasing habits online and I'm really banging the drum at the moment about subscriptions and um, helping small businesses jump on the subscription wagon um, because you know that they're, they're, they're so versatile and you know you can use them to leverage your business but you can also use them to build your business kind of at the bottom of the pyramid if you like to actually build your community out with more of a lower ticket type membership so yeah it's, it's a big wave big wave in e-learning e and subscription trends coming here yeah yeah well that's uh, i mean i i agree with you and it's it's been a while where people have been talking about it but i think it's it's the pandemic's really given it a bit of a, a boost and it's gaining traction now um i did want to get on to the idea of you know building membership businesses and and that subscription model what what are your what's your take on because I think a lot, I mean, there's a lot of 
emails that I get, for example, where I'm invited into a community or into a membership, and I, you know, a lot of them I, I'm ho hum, and right. I'm not really, you know, it doesn't really grab me, and, and I guess it's, I don't see the value in it. Um, maybe it's not presented really well. What do you see as as the a good way to go about building that community where you know you really do add value? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, fantastic question, actually, because it also happens to be one of the biggest oversights that you know, businesses make when they're looking at setting up a membership type business or model. And that is the belief that they know better than their audience. So they, they're the expert. They create the, the membership subscription. They have the content and resources. And then they go out to their audience and they're utterly shocked when no one wants to join um, and mm. because the reason is they've bypassed that all-important first step which is actually to survey your audience and to ask your audience whether your idea is viable or not whether they'd actually pay to be part of uh, that type of membership subscription model uh, or that type of community and how much they'd be willing to pay you know get a ballpark figure because so many people miss this step out and it's so important because when you send a survey out to your audience, and when I say audience, this can be prospect, this can be cold prospect, but I'm talking more about people that in your paying audience, like your existing or past customers, they are absolutely ideal for this. So and you've got a everyone's got a database there if you've been in business for three years or more, you know. So you you've got a database sitting there to go and survey. But you empower them. As soon as you send out a survey, you empower them because you make them part of your marketing, your rebranding, or you know your next step in business. And that, I have to say, customers love that. They love being part um, of. You, they love you opening the curtain and inviting them in, and you know being part of your actual business journey and growth. So, but the other advantage is when you send out the survey and when you get the feedback. You'll either know if it's viable or not, of course, but you know, hopefully it is viable. And hopefully uh, you've had plenty of responses where people gone, yeah, I would pay X amount per month to have that uh, convenience, that service or product, you know. And then you've also got people that you can go back to and go, okay, well, that's awesome. I've you know, had an overwhelming positive response here. So we're going to set this membership model up. I'd love you to be. Yeah, a charter member, Jürgen. I'd love you to pilot this with us, be part of the journey. And in order to do that, you know, well, we'd love you to be in at 50% off and just be one of our original founding, you know, members. Uh, how would that work for you? Would you like to be part of this? This is, we're going to make this, you know, give people your vision. Um, and we'd love you to be one of the, founding members that's empowering that people love that stuff they love being part of it you know if you're giving them a deal and discount they're the first and it's all exciting we've just done that with course commander here with software you know we ran a beta program for a good few months and i say beta pilot program prefer to call it and you know same thing again just give people a big annual subscription discount to be the founding members and with that they got a load of lifetime access software um, on top of what other people are going to get, but there's, there's always ways to incentivize people. Um, but don't underestimate the value of being in 
being the first <laughs> because customers yeah, yeah. love that. They love being the first in the door. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm, uh, I think that's great advice. I think that's a really fabulous strategy. I mean, there's two aspects to that. The first one is listening to your customers and then getting them involved in, because if you then build what they've said they want, um, guess what? <laughs> they're, going right. to, they're going to buy in. <laughs> even, even, without the, even without the discount, they're likely to buy in. Hey, you've done what I need. This, this is exactly what I said I needed. Uh, yeah. So I'm in. Uh, the other part of that, of course, is the um, giving them some reward then as a preferred customer on an ongoing basis. And we talked earlier about lifetime value. The I'm I'm a user of quite a number of uh, bits of software that have done this, have done exactly that model. And this is going back, some of it goes back five years or so. And every now and then, um, for those ones that I've been in for a long time, there's an alternative that comes up that's something new and I might explore that. And there's, for me, there's always a huge barrier to move away from that particular software because I kind of feel invested in it. I, um, you know, there, there's that loyalty thing. So it's actually a lifetime value. And even though I'm, I'm paying half of what um, their current customers or their regular customers are, I'm probably more valuable to them as a customer because they've looked at it from a lifetime customer value point of view. And my loyalty is almost certainly much higher than new customers coming in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're, you're part of something original, which has, you know, some other potential advantages for, you know, you and I, the business owner as well, because when you have these founding type customers, members, students, whatever you want to call them, um, hmm. whatever the membership model is, then I see it time and time again that they then become coaches in that business or some type of uh, other level of support, you know, for other members coming on board. And sometimes it doesn't always have to be pay. Sometimes it's just kind of like, you know, you barter with that, those members and, you know, they provide admin support, they provide social media support, uh, their voices in your community. And they, you know, they, they're the, like the, uh, not the heckler in the crowd, but um, yeah. the voice in the crowd that gets yeah. the conversation yeah. going, you know. So the cheer uh, squad leader. Yeah, the cheer squad leader, exactly, that one. Yeah. Um, mm. you know, that is really important, especially when you're building out your community and online, whether it's uh, through a Facebook group, whether it's through your own platform, your own membership software, you know, having a community, real-time communication, having discussions you know talked about leads um, being conversations conversations are the new leads today's business landscape so we've got to be saying well, okay well how do we nurture those conversations how do we have more of them and you know an online community uh group situation is probably the you know the lowest hanging fruit there especially if, if we're bringing in you know lower ticket type clients customers into that sort of situation that may be paying seven to twenty-seven dollars, say for example, a month, then you've created a lower-paying customer that you wouldn't have had previously. That wouldn't pay, say, five thousand dollars for your 
your high-end service or your for a project-based type work, you know, so you've there's a lot more leverage by broadening out the bottom of the pyramid and um, allowing other customers to come up and you know really say indoctrinated, but being indoctrinated to the way that you work and the way you help other businesses higher up the ladder. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's basically a, a low for the new client, a low cost way to experience how you work. And right. if they don't like that, then there's nothing much lost. If they do like it, of course, then they can explore what else there is that you can do for them. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And mm. I think when you look at uh, memberships, I think a lot of people go, oh, memberships, that's good for them, but it's not good for me. Well, look, we've worked with a diverse range of businesses that have offered memberships, and they've never thought it was possible to actually run a subscription-based model for their clients. And I'll give you an example here in Auckland. Over the past 18 months, we've worked with a dental high-ticket sort of dental practice um, but, you know, we've helped them pivot slightly because of COVID, yeah, for sure. But they were looking at this anyway. And we worked with them to create like a VIP patient club. And all that is is just discounts on their higher ticket treatments. I call it higher ticket, but, you know, their, their higher value um, surgery operation treatments, whatever you want to call it but also offering some value in terms of providing content, providing guides, providing some videos every now and then on, you know, what products to use for their teeth, how to preserve their, the whiteness in their teeth, you know, and playing on people's ego as much as um, they can yeah. as well, you know, because that's, you know, let's face it, why do we go to the dentist? <laughs> Most of us dread mm. going to the dentist, don't we? It's like, you know, it's mm. going to be painful and it's going to be expensive. So <laughs> usually. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, if you can help your patients kind of prevent them from having to have those big, you know, operate and give them actual some tips, um, ideas, insights into how to preserve their teeth, you know, more regularly and uh, obviously take the cost of and the bigger kind of treatments down, then that's going to appeal to people, you know, because you're saving them pain, you're saving them time. Um, but you also, right, yeah. them, you know, some discounts on products as well and um, building a bit of a community around it. So same thing with a wealth management company. We've worked with them. They've got some software. They've got some like uh, self-evaluation software that they've got in their membership model that they provide to lower ticket type clients. They've got resources, PDF resources. Uh, I think the, the marketing manager there now is doing a live video once a month or something like that. Could be once every other um, two weeks. I'm not sure. But the point is it doesn't take a lot of time and energy to shift to a membership model given the resources that you probably have at your disposal right now anyway. So a lot of businesses, you know, that is a real low-hanging leverage point it, the hardest part as you and i both know is actually just putting it together and getting the software and promoting it yeah. and, you know that process but you know that's if you can fast track that process then you know actually delivering the membership and the services the products and the advice that side of things is actually quite easy mm. yeah and it's a lot of fun too <laughs> and fun so yeah, yeah so um well, tell us some more about Course Commander then, because uh, obviously you've put together this system that 
does all those things from from the technical standpoint? Yeah, well, course commander again, a bit like the no fluff term, born out of frustration, born out of being a user that's like, oh, there must be a better way. And course commander, we launched that nearly eight months ago now, and it's yeah, it's it's a modern, flexible, all-in-one website, landing page, and course builder solution. It's perfect for your coaches, your consultants, your authors, but actually any service-based business that's looking to pivot to a membership type model right now. And you know, we worked out when we started that because we, we're pulling all this software together and putting it together in one convenient place for users, we worked out that we're saving people about 900 US dollars a month. Um, and when you add it all up, it's quite expensive. You know, your landing page builders, your membership software, you've got your affiliate systems, uh, you've got marketing tools in there like heat maps, live chat and stuff that you'd normally go and pay for. Uh, and then there's a whole heap of other features that I won't bore people with right now. But safe to say that it's just going to save people a lot of time, energy and uh, like I call it tech aches in actually mm. being able to build, launch and deliver. A membership solution. I say membership, you know, membership solution can be a program, can be a club, it can be a resource center for your existing customers and clients. It doesn't have to be complex. It's just some form of recurring revenue that provides. And I, I kind of think of it like a membership because I did tele sales for a membership, um, for a sorry, hotel chain uh, for three weeks. Uh, when I first launched um, one of our first companies over here in New Zealand. And uh, after six months, I was like, oh, this business thing is quite difficult. And I <laughs> had to get a job for three uh, weeks. And it's the only time I've ever actually had to get a job. And it just happened to be selling hotel memberships over the phone, which I absolutely loathed, but I was very good at it. <laughs> so mm. I had this dilemma. So I thought, well, what can I learn from this? And uh, interestingly, you know, Look at kind of like Acor Plus, if you know those that type of hotel chain that has your, your Sofatels, Novatels, and all those hotels inside um, the chain. Um, that they sell annual memberships for about four hundred US dollars. I was thinking, well, how are they getting people to buy these? What what's the hook? Like, because it's just yeah. people ringing you during the day and either renewing you or getting you to you know pay for this four hundred dollar membership. They're thinking, okay, what are they doing? And the hook is they give you a free night away. And that's what makes people go, oh, okay. So then they start creating these visuals. And where would you like to go if you could have a free night away? So saying, ah, oh, that's clever. So that's the hook. Hmm. So how does this apply to your business? Well, think about the hook. How can you create an experiential type solution for your existing customers and, you know, in a networking type way, if possible, then that's always going to be better. But, you know, it doesn't take much. It could be a meetup. It could be a live. It could be, um, you know, a masterclass uh, once a month. But obviously what we want to have is all your other clients on there. We want to be able to hot seat them and, you know, network with them and, you know, actually provide value to, the, you know, to other businesses so they can meet and greet. So people learn a lot more by having you hot seat other businesses. You know, they, they learn a lot more about their business when others are being uh, educated in this type of sort of space. So, yeah, I mean, 
having a hook, having discounts, having resources, uh, all you're doing with a membership is you're kind of creating a real convenient solution. And by having the actual people in the network, like I said previously, you're creating more pain of disconnection for people going, okay, well, yeah, that's justified. Because if you just run a course, for example, or a program, and you're just providing content every month, and let's say I charge you, Jürgen, 297 a month to have access to you know, this premium content, and every month I'll add a new video or a new resource and, or tool. So, well, that's great, but it's mm. not going to keep people. Because they're going to go up for five months. Okay, well, all right, well, I've always spent $1,500. I've got some really good content, but I'm a little bit, okay, I know what this is about now. I'm a little bit kind of not bored, but I, mm. I can kind of do it myself. I know what to expect. And people know what to expect. They tend to drift. So by having that actual in-person type networking solution and every month, this group of cool business owners get together and they mastermind and they're networking and you're doing a hot seat and you're getting other people's perspectives and you know, you, you're effectively showcasing your business to others and you know, thriving off their feedback. That in itself is invaluable. There isn't a price on that. That's where the pain of mm. disconnection is. Yeah, yeah. And there's so much to love about that. And I know that you know, this is a model that I'm actually really familiar with from my business coach, she used to run breakfasts that very much ran along those lines, and essentially it was a membership model. Uh, and uh, but what I really love about it is it comes back to what we were talking about earlier in in the marketing. It, it's the human approach, isn't it? The human, the human connection. So it's the having access to other people, having the ability to um, interact in a way that supports one another that where the real value lies yeah absolutely because when you set up a membership it's a, it, you're really looking at two factors two kpis if you like and that's engagement and retention and you know if both of those are low then forget it there's no point setting up a membership because you're just going to be like any kind of one-to-one -one model you're just constantly going to be banging the drum and trying to get you know, burning and churning and trying to get new customers, new members through all the time. And it's going to be a lot of hard work. So if you mm. focus on, okay, well, the engagement and the automation side, um, yeah, the automation and the engagement side of things uh, really kind of is what's going to drive your membership forward. The engagement, obviously, well, that's we've spoken about, you know, having other people in there, uh, having other business like-minded businesses, networks and so forth. But the automation side of thing, well, that's that's like if you haven't logged in for four weeks, are we just going to forget about you and bill you, you know, for your next month? Or what about when you haven't logged in for, say, seven days, you automatically get pinged an email that says, hey, Jürgen, noticed you haven't been inside and seen this week's or this month's, you know, latest training just wonder if there's anything we can do to help or you know if you, if you need to jump on a call at some stage let us know here's a link or whatever however you know whatever works for your strategy your model mm. but as a user i'm going to go wow <laughs> i haven't logged in for yeah. seven and i've got this email because i think one of the biggest misconceptions with membership models is like oh, okay well that's really nice passive revenue great let's just get a load of customers <laughs> in and just leave yeah, them yeah. Pay me, and I can go and sit on a beach and sit pina coladas. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't quite work that way, as you and I know. But so, the more you treat them like actually they're paying you 
you know, for a higher level type service, the easier it's going to be to keep them. Now, the beauty of it is this mm. software out there like Course Commander that can do all that heavy lifting and automation and email side of things for you. Um, so we've kind of built it from a marketer's perspective and said, okay, well, yep, it delivers courses and programs and memberships, subscriptions, great, but now what? So we've got all the, mm. yeah, the user engagement automation yeah. there. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you touched on a couple of um, favorites of mine there, the passive income thing. It, I mean, there's no such thing. I, I think that's a, a, a BS term. It's you know, there is, yeah, we, there is the recurring income which we've been talking about, but yes. the recurring income it, uh, requires recurring value, and right. and I think what we've been focused on today is recurring interactions, recurring access to real people, real people yeah. that add value, and and the real relationships that add value. So. There's that. Now you can structure it in a way, of course, that you can take a week or two off and sip sip pina coladas on the beach, and and Absolutely. the membership still goes on, and and the people in that community still get value from it. So that's, I think, that's the model to perhaps aspire to. Um, and the automation part is the other bit you touched on there. For me, um, there's there's so much fabulous automation around where you can do wonderful things like your example of um, after seven days reach out and that's kind of an accountability thing it's a human connection thing because you're saying hey is it do you need help with something you know yep. get in touch and no or is it just a case that you know you've parked it for now and it, which is perfectly fine too yeah but the what I see today and particularly in the marketing area with all this marketing automation is people are kind of abdicating to that um, and forgetting about the human interaction, and then in part that's perhaps this idea of passive income again. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, look, it's it's important. Don't get me right. It's to find that balance between automation and human interaction because you don't want to be giving all your time and energy into a membership that you're only charging forty seven dollars for a month because that's not why you set up a membership. You set it up to leverage, you know, your higher ticket services and core products whatever they are so it is finding that balance but what i will say around the passive revenue thing is that i think that term has been coined by some charlatans out there that basically you know create these lousy memberships with you know content and they have and they prey on customers that will pay them every month you know and there's always a small percentage of customers that will do that and it's crazy but they you know they will um, they'll pay for sub-average content and products, you know, for a period of time. And then you'll get these voices come out and go, hey, look at that. That's passive revenue. But, you know, we're not looking after mm. them, but they're paying us every month. And that's kind of how I see passive rate, the real derogatory term <laughs> in the industry yeah. that way. Yeah. But, but yeah, you, you've got to find the balance. And I think, you know, you have to have the human interaction, but mm. not at the cost of... Sure losing out on higher other services yeah 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 that's that's really important and my view there is you know use automation yes to free free your time so that you can focus your valuable time on those human interactions building those relationships growing the community yeah absolutely buddy and that's 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 what it all comes down to is that community word you know that's mm. that's what you're doing you're you're starting a membership model to leverage 
your community, of your clients, your prospects, your, you know, because look, if you've got a community of people that, you know, mix between your existing past clients as well as warm, hot prospects, it's pretty easy to convert those prospects, you know, when you've got people that are paying for stuff in there as well. So, you know, I'm sorry, when I, it's easier to convert higher up the ladder, those those prospects if you like for your higher ticket services when they're listening to you know existing and past customers talk about you in a positive way or having a conversation about your services or whatever it is because you know curiosity is what you know creates customers a lot of the time and um, hearing good things you know only uh, accentuates that so community all the way yeah yeah hmm. And and also that, you know, with those human connections and communications that we've been talking about, it's an opportunity to pe for people to get to know you as a business person, as a business owner, a lot better. And as we all know, you know, we do business with people we know, like and trust. So that the knowing and liking part uh, happens within that community at a fairly low risk, um, in a fairly low risk environment. And yes. that that really just leads on to bigger and better things much more easily than going out and marketing to a cold audience who don't know you, don't can't possibly like you because they don't know you yet and can't trust you because they don't know you yet. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, it's all about leverage, isn't it? And you think about mm. you know, time being our most important non-renewable you know, source of energy, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's we're leveraging a lot of things together here we're we're leveraging you know our marketing efforts we're leveraging being able to communicate to people in a live setting and building our brand and intimacy with with our audience uh we're bringing other people in there so we're leveraging that whole referral network uh like i said brand authority but we're also you know showing people who we are as a person uh, authenticity and which is so important right now uh, and we're rising up as a leader in our in our space, our niche, our field, whatever that is. So yeah, there, there's not. I can't see any downsides at the moment to sort of creating <laughs> community and membership. And I, I I really do feel, you know, we're at a real tipping point right now, Jurgen, where businesses just have to embrace this. Hmm. All right. Well, fantastic. Um, I, I could go on talking membership and I mean, we haven't even gotten into the software part yet, but I think <laughs> we'll fine. leave that for today. Um, yeah. It's a good point, I think, now, though, to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round. And it's designed to help our audience who are primarily innovators and leaders in their field with some tips from your experience. So I've got five questions. Hopefully you'll give us a, some really insightful answers that will inspire the listener to go and do something awesome as a result. I'll do my best, brother. So what what's the number one thing you think anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Take time out of their business and actually structure that into their calendar. You have to have time away from your day-to-day -day surroundings, environment, office space, whatever that is for you, you have to be scheduling in time away and 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 I have to say time away from family as well in that regard. It's no good old okay, well, that's family time. You need to find your creative time as well. I actually block out creative hours in my calendar right now. Sometimes I get my most creativity just going from a run going for a run in the morning, you know, just that sort of mm. release of oxygen to the brain, you know. Yeah. If you're a runner, you'll understand what I'm saying. You just get all these mm. ideas 
and you know a run will sometimes tell you what you need to do but yeah it happens to me when i go out cycling if i'm on my own particularly yeah right yeah it's um so yeah movement is really important so but Mm. but if it's just going for a walk uh you know if you've got a lake or you know a nice I don't know, museum next year or something that's just different um, to your normal scenario, then definitely go and embrace that and have actually schedule an hour. And don't put pressure on yourself to be creative. Just let that those creativity juices naturally come to you and flow because that's, I think, one of the reasons why a lot of people struggle with innovation because they try to innovate and innovation comes to us naturally <laughs> as when we're not yeah. trying. So, yeah, those, those schedule right. blocks. Mm, yeah, I love it. Yeah. So I, um, I know what you mean about the running part. So I, I go out cycling pretty well every day. And um, with the pandemic and the restrictions on the number of people getting together, we we've, we've, haven't had our group together as regularly. And so I've been out on my own quite a lot. And that's where right. if I'm out on my own cycling, that's where I just get flooded with ideas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. great. It's a great time. So you're exercising, but also your your right brain goes into overdrive. <laughs> much, yeah. that? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. All right. So, well, this kind of you've kind of answered this. What, what's the best thing oh, you've great. done to develop new ideas? <laughs> oh, well, I'm all about leverage. So I've done two and one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's that's pretty much it. Runs in the morning. Mm. And just I, my best ideas come to me when I'm not thinking about them and. Mm. You know, just a lot. Or the the one approach, the other approach I have tried is just asking the question before I go to sleep at night, um, because I'm a big believer in you know using our subconscious mind that way. Mm. Um, that, and it may not be the next day you get that answer. By the way, it, you may need to mm. ask that question a couple of nights, three nights running, but just keep asking it before you go to sleep, because uh, I do believe the brain is. You know, it's this real internal organ that processes information at the right time for us based on our situation <laughs> and the answer will come. So I do do that quite a lot as well. Mm. Yeah, it's, it, it really is fascinating, the brain, isn't it? I uh, had an experience the other day. Um, I'm, I'm starting, I've started a little project, a personal project of scanning in slides. I've got thousands of slides going back to when I was a... a 10 year old um, right. from my childhood um, and I thought I, I and I bought a, a, a scanner for Christmas and I thought I, I'm going to start scanning in these slides and I need to put some structure to this project so I thought well I'll I'll set it up as themes <clears throat> I'll work out themes you know themes right. when I'm travel when I've traveled somewhere I've got photographs of, of that trip or when I've when there's been some event or so on. So I thought, okay, I'm going to start looking back through these slides and sort them a little bit and, and put them into these themes. And I was looking at some old slides and it triggered some memories that, you know, I hadn't thought about people for ages. And all of a sudden, this person came to mind that I'd met 45 years ago. Wow. Once. Yeah. I met them once. And not only did they come to mind, I could picture them in front of me and I hadn't seen any photographs of them yet. And, right. and when I got to the photographs, I thought, wow, that's exactly, that's exactly the picture that came to mind. And I'd seen this person once in yeah. and 45 years ago and, I, and, 
And then I started thinking, oh, what's that person's name? So I can't, I still can't remember their name, but it will come to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's the power of the subconscious. It, it, it's yeah. that memory is parked there somewhere. It's yeah. been totally irrelevant, but it was triggered by just seeing a photograph that, that related to that event. Ah, crazy. It literally is like a library of images and files, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Mind. That's yeah. Fun. And a Google. I love the idea. A Google as well, actually. Yeah. That's that, right, that, yeah. But, you know, it's a DuckDuckGo search engine if you want it to be as well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I love the idea of asking the question before you go to sleep. Yeah. All right. Now, what's a favorite resource you use most often? Favorite re resource? Would that be technology based? Well, it could be technology based, or it could be people. It could be um, yeah, apps that you use. I have to say, video at the moment uh, because that's a lot of what I'm doing. Uh, I mean, talk about technology. I use ScreenFlow a lot for uh, screen videos, but also for actually editing any type of content videos or case study videos that I'm having uploaded to YouTube and yeah that that that's a big one just I mean what like what mm. we're doing right now we're on uh your your platform but I, I'm either on StreamYard Zoom <laughs> ScreenFlow yeah. or I'm actually using teleprompters on my mobile phone to shoot videos you know to shoot quick videos as well like you know you know when you want to just get a real value-packed one to two minute video out there and you know i use sometimes use teleprompters just to kind of so take the ums and the ahs and the thought processes out and just go start to finish and yeah but it's it's all video-based technology i would say at the moment and which i feel is a good mm. thing because i think you know we have to be embracing that as much as possible as well so yeah yeah, yeah i agree with you i'm doing a lot more video as well and it, it comes back into this um human connection element for me because you can see the person you can get a sense of their personality so there's yeah. you know there, there's a lot more information that comes across other than just the content that's being presented yes yeah definitely yeah i i, I think that's if i look back it's kind of like a grown on this kind of linear sort of trajectory as well because it's like, oh, I'll do a little bit of video this week. Oh, I'll do a little bit more video, you know, this month. And now it's like, I'll do video all the time. And I think, but just the reason I'm putting that in there is because I think there's a lot of small businesses procrastinate. They, and certainly a lot of clients that we've worked with, they go, oh, I'll do a little bit maybe here. And I'm not great at video, but no one's great at video. <laughs> no one likes looking at themselves yeah. no one likes the sound of their own voice that i've spoken to and i don't even like the sound of my own voice and i don't really like watching my interviews back to be quite honest with you but i embrace video so i do a lot of video and i think we have to be doing that hmm. okay great now what's the best way to keep a, a client on track client on track in terms of achieving said time so when time frame. yeah when you yeah. when we've made the sale to the client and we say okay here's the result you're going to get from this product or service you've got so how do you keep them on track yeah well i mean it comes back to what we were saying about the you know the user check-ins these client check-ins uh mm. first of all i think it's really important to have a like i mean we use the word community but if you're not 
kind of keen on the idea of community of bringing, you know, opening up to your wider audience, then certainly have a community just for your paid clients. That's really important so that you've got that because it's a form of accountability for that client as well, especially if you're asking them, well, you know, at the end of this week, want you to just post up, you know, your initial kind of work or draft or, or whatever so that we can give you feedback or, you know, that's one one approach. But it could just be, you know, go and introduce yourself in the group, talk about what you're doing and everything else to our other clients. And, yeah, having that kind of those different touch points through email, through a group. Um, I mean, I use SMS as well with clients. I know there's some businesses that don't want to do that, but I actually – I kind of feel that the more touch points that you've got with a client, the more that you're in their mind as well. And mm. uh, I've never come across a client that's gone, oh, will you stop texting me? I don't like these texts. <laughs> You're a pest. Go away. They might think of me on occasion. Yeah. But I've never had someone say that. They actually generally find it valuable that you've reminded them. Mm. And you know, So, yeah, it's, it's a mixture of media and platforms. But the, the, the whole the key thing here is to have touch points and be consistent with those touch points. Mm, yeah, I love it. So, and so communication is really important, but as you say, the touch points and, and we talked earlier about a journey having that, that this is an ongoing journey. It's not just a, to the sale. That's not the end point. So this is still part of the journey, right? Having those touch points and exactly. signposts, if you like, along the way. Yeah, and, and when you start thinking in client lifetime value rather than just one-off transactions, then you're kind of like, well, okay, well, this client, I want to have this client working with us in some capacity for the next five years. What's that going to look like? What's going to keep them happy in that five years? How am I going to achieve that? So that will give you the answers you need when you kind of flip it that way. Hmm. All right. Great. And what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? Be authentic, be unique, and embrace live technology. <laughs> <laughs> because right now it's the power of live. And it's um, and when I say live, I don't mean you have to go out and broadcast to everyone, but broadcast to your audience. You know, be vulnerable, mm. um, be an educator, be an expert have those live touch points with your audience and yeah that's that's the way to stand out and you know be human you're you're you know you're leading by example you're a human leader first and foremost then a business educator secondary hmm. love it yeah and i love uh you know the the live technology and you mentioned that and people might think oh that's facebook live i don't like facebook live or whatever that might be. Well, that's just one example because if you go on Zoom and do a webinar, that's live. If yep. you um, do well, any webinar software, if you present a webinar and have audience ask you questions or if you get out into um, post-COVID into a big audience on stage and present yep. your information and then have an interaction where people ask questions and you have conversation around that, that's live. So. Yes, yeah. embracing it in all forms. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be impromptu live. It could be scheduled lives, mm. you know. And um, so you give people some lead up and, you know, and make a bit of a song and dance about it and, you know, increase the perceived value of that live as well to their business. So, 
Um, I often think, you know, when you do three hour lives impromptu, you've just wasted three hours of time in a way because, you know, that the one thing that gets people to alive is the marketing. <laughs> it's the power yeah. of the marketing, <laughs> quality of your marketing. Right. You know, you create that perceived value for the quality mm. of the live as well. Yes, and people need to know about it beforehand, don't they? You can't just show up and and rely on whoever happens to be passing by or seeing yeah. the little pop up saying Jonathan's going live. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's fine to just do some short lives, but I'm I'm just talking about if you don't do a real high quality type piece of content and it's structured and it's an hour or two hour long or whatever, then you know really play on the promotional side of it because you know, if you're having a Q&A with it, then that's a big advantage. So you want to really promote that, that, that you know, people can connect and ask questions. Yeah, but. Hmm. Wonderful. Well, thanks, Jonathan. This has been really fabulous. Now, where can people find out more about you and find out about Course Commander and maybe even get in touch to say thanks for what you've shared today? Yeah, sure. Is that all those five questions gone as quickly? <laughs> yeah. Yep, we've done them. All right. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, the easiest way to connect at the moment is through the No Fluff Marketing community on Facebook. It's called No Fluff Marketing for Awakened Entrepreneurs. Uh, that may change at some point to coaches and consultants because we seem to be adding a lot of coaches and consultants in there, but we'll see. And um, that's just going there. There's a lot of free, valuable content uh, from myself, but also from other people in there like yourself as well. You're in there and there's, there's, you know, just, it's about being like I say, a community. So, uh, if they want to reach out that way, but also if they want to connect with me, they're welcome to do so on LinkedIn as well. And I'm present on LinkedIn and uh, not so much Instagram. Uh, usually have someone else managing that for me, but um, certainly on LinkedIn, it's a great place to message and send audio notes and uh, to and fro. So, yeah, yeah, feel free to reach out. Right. If you want to go and check out the Course Commander software, uh, that's uh, open to everyone. There's a two-week test drive there of the software. It's uh, coursecommander.com. Let's go there and check it out and see if there's something there for you or something there that fits for your business. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's another way to connect. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we'll have all those links in the show notes so people can click straight through. Fantastic. Now, do you have some parting advice for our listener today? Yeah, parting advice would be, I think, just to, you know, when we think about fear, fear can be really paralyzing for businesses. That sort of, you know, and the fear kind of represents itself in lots of different kind of ways. You know, we think about imposter syndrome, you know, that's fear-based at the end of the day. You know, we're not good enough. That's kind of coming from a place of lack and, you know, fearful that we'll be showing up and, you know, we're not quite as good as the, our competitor down the road or whatever it is. So I, I would say, you know, Feel the fear. I think Richard Branson says this one anyway, so I certainly won't copyright it, but feel the fear and do it anyway. Um, and just embrace what you know is right. So if you're, if you're in the place of building an audience and that requires then getting on live videos and connecting with your audience in a more intimate type relational way, then feel the fear of doing that and just do it anyway because mm. it's never as bad as what you think. And look, just call it out. If you're feeling vulnerable, 
or feeling a little bit fearful doing it, call that out. Say it's your first time. So appreciate, you know, your tell tell people that and they'll they'll actually, you know, be drawn to you more as a human being for showing that and um mm. just calling it out anyway. So yeah, feel the fear and do it. Yeah, love it. And and like you say, it's it's really as bad as as we imagine and sometimes I find it helps to, particularly if you're getting on stage to give a presentation or going on video, to just focus completely on the audience and what you're doing for them. Um, and yeah. kind of the fear, the fear part is focused on yourself. So if you if you right. shift that focus, it sometimes well, it doesn't make the fear go away, but it sometimes makes you not pay attention to the fear if you know what i mean yeah yeah that that's absolutely spot on can i share one other little thing that i used to do when i first got on camera absolutely yeah lives i used to actually pin up a picture of a client on my laptop and i used to go, yeah you know don't care about your insecurities and your fears jonathan you're talking to this person when you're on live you're helping this person that's stuck to your screen right now just do it <laughs> and that really works that really works because you focus on talking to one person and it takes mm. away all that noise all that kind of fearful noise of everyone's watching and everyone's listening and judging and all that nonsense that goes on in the back of our head so yeah just focus on that one client that you love and they love what you do and um, talk to that person. Yeah, love it. That's a fantastic tip. Yeah. Cool. All right. Now, finally, finally, who else should I get on this podcast and why? Well, I would say George Bryant, but you've, yeah. <laughs> you've had George. Well, we, might get, we might get George back again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there's some fantastic business minds in the no fluff marketing community and their heart centered, uh, you know, types that would really add a lot of value to your podcast. I feel, uh, I think, um, if I, if I just come up with a name, um, then I'd probably say someone like Alan Stevens, uh, or Steve Brosman, both prominent figures in the community, always offering value. Um, up front and yeah doing business for the right reasons okay well we'll um we'll spend some more time in the no fluff community check out some of the folks there and um see if we can get in touch with alan and steve and yeah. uh, we may have george back soon um, right it's like i think this is episode 400 and um what is it Check my notes. Four hundred and six, so it's a hundred over a hundred episodes since George was on. Right. Wow. Okay. That's <laughs> I'm rocking them out there. Good on you. Yeah. Yeah. Great. All right. Well, thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights so generously with us today, Jonathan. I've really enjoyed this. I've learnt a lot about your whole philosophy around how the whole no fluff marketing and business philosophy can be applied. To to memberships and of course the entire idea of business being all about human relationships that's something very close to my heart as well so thanks for sharing all that with us all the best for the future and let's stay in touch thanks buddy it's been a real pleasure to be on appreciate it
I hope you enjoyed that insightful and wonderfully informative conversation with Jonathan and took something away from his episode. Now, Jonathan's focus on making marketing and business human is an inspiration and, of course, totally aligned with our philosophy at Anovabiz. He also shared many wonderful ideas around how to add value to a membership-based subscription. I'd love to know what you took away from Jonathan's episode. Please leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Jonathan Cullinan. That is J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N-C-A-L-L-I-N-A-N. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Jonathan Cullinan. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Jonathan as well as links to the Course Commander and Online Business Accelerator websites, his LinkedIn profile, his No Fluff Marketing Facebook group, as well as the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. Now, if you like this episode, please do share it with two other people that it will help. There's so much gold in this and every episode, and you really owe it to your friends who would benefit from knowing this information to share it with them. And if you tag me in on that share, I'll reach out to you and send you a special surprise as a thank you. Jonathan suggested that we have a conversation with Steve Brossman, the author of the Authority Client Attraction System on a future InnovaBuzz podcast episode. So Steve, keep an eye on your inbox for an invitation from us to the InnovaBuzz podcast courtesy of Jonathan Callanan. Tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast. We've got yet more fantastic guests lined up, including speaker and leadership mentor Eric Rogel and Veronica Shannon of Retub. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.